Say happy Sunday! How's everybody doing today? We want to welcome all our campuses, uh, San Ysidro, City Heights, East County, San Marcos, and we have five campuses in Point Loma. Here's a campus, but we also have a bunch of microsites, which are portable churches outside and inside, and they're in gyms or they're outside in a park all around San Diego, and we have four of them right now in this service meeting out in the rain. So let's give all those people out there a big hand. God bless y'all. We also have kids in juvenile hall in Donovan State Prison watching. And uh, to the brothers in Donovan State Prison, by the time you see this, I would have already been there. But this Thursday, I'm going to be at Donovan State Prison uh, for a night event on their yard. We're looking very much forward to it. So God bless y'all. Let's give all those people a big hand out there. God bless y'all. Uh, and for the next six weeks, we have three weeks of women-focused messages. I'm going to be sharing the pulpit with women and, and, and talking about women's issues and then three weeks of men issues. So we're starting on Mother's Day, ending on Father's Day. And so we're very excited about that um, for the next six weeks. Um, last Sunday night, there was a shooting here in San Diego at a UTC at an apartment complex at a pool party. Um, there were seven people shot, eight people injured. One person died. Uh, Monique Clark, she was 35 years old, she had three children, and she was a member of our church family. And uh, so we are going to have a memorial service, a funeral here this Saturday at 11 a.m. And um, I don't know if you knew her or not, but if you didn't know her, you're certainly welcome to come. Uh, obviously, it was a terrible tragedy. Her family is uh, broken up about what's, what, what has happened, but God is doing an amazing thing in their life and in the uh, the, the lives of the family that uh, of the person who did the shooting, they are also broken up as well. So we need to pray for both families and all the victims and all their families um, because God is what the devil meant for evil. God wants to turn into good and we want to be in the middle of that. Amen? Amen. And so I would ask you to pray for her family and the Sellers family who is the person who did the shooting. We're going to pray for their family as well. Um, and our city and all the people who were impacted, either shot or injured, running from the uh, the incident. Um, they are also have a long road of recovery as well. Um, and if you do come, um, please bring a canned food. Monique was very about helping the homeless, so we want to honor her and bring canned food for the food bank and and help people in San Diego. Amen. Amen. Let's all get on our knees and pray. Lord, uh, we thank you for being a God of mercy and a God of comfort. We thank you that you are the God of all comfort. So we pray you comfort uh, Monique Clark's family. We thank you for the hope she had in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the celebration of her life that we will have next Saturday. And pray for all the other victims that you would encourage them and strengthen them on their road to recovery. And encourage their families as well. Uh, and also the fam, the Sellers family as well. Lord, thank you um, for being good to us. Uh, we pray, I pray that you would challenge us today in our relationship with you and in our relationships with those people in our life who we love. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, as you get up, tell the person next to you, get your heart ready. I want to congratulate all of you who came out in the rain. Don't let the rain stop you from coming to church. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. You guys need to spend one week back east in December. 
This is nothing. <laughs> you got, you know, your car is frozen to the ground. How many of you have never had your car frozen to the ground? Oh, you haven't lived. You haven't lived. <laughs> Literally, your car will be frozen to the ground. There's ice all over the windshield. And it's, it's a, raise your hand again. Raise your hand. If you never had your car frozen to the ground, man, y'all don't know nothing. <laughs> Let's see your Bibles on the count of three. Say word. One, two, three. Say word. word. Let's turn to the book of Ruth. Ruth, chapter 2. It is after the book of Judges. It is the eighth book of the Bible, I believe. Number eight, book of the Bible, Ruth. Every Sunday morning before our first service in the morning, all the pastors get together and pray. And this morning, we got on our knees to pray, and one of our pastors, uh, she had a, a, a skirt on. and Someone made a comment. I don't remember what the skirt or whatever, but I... I can't remember what they started talking about, but I confess that it was not till very recently that I learned the difference between a skirt and a dress. Because <laughs> all my life, I thought a skirt was anything that ended here and a dress was anything that ended here. Now, I know, how many of y'all ladies think that's crazy? <laughs> how many fellas know what I'm talking about? Amen. Okay. So, so if you're a guy and you're just learning that now, raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies, you're the, we are just so thick and ignorant. So, when I, I said that, I said, you know, I just learned this. And all the guys, all the other pastors, like, really? That's what that means? So, we, we always were focused on where it ended, not where it began. Okay? <laughs> I thought, you know, I always thought skirt was short, dress was long. I mean, that, that was just how much. So, so, just to educate you, brothers, a skirt is something that begins here. And it can go all the way to here and be a skirt. I don't understand that, but that's just how it is. And a dress is something that begins here. It can end here. It can end, uh, I guess it could end here. <laughs> I, 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 that's on y'all. I mean, that's on y'all. I mean, I've seen them. I've seen them right, right around this area here. <laughs> And it can end anywhere. And so the whole point is where, not where it ends, but where it begins. Um, we're, we're, con we're concluding our series called Relationship Goals Today. And often we are focused on where relationships end. We want them to end positively. But for them to end positively, they have to begin positively. So today we're going to talk about a relationship and how it began. And some lessons we can learn about how to conduct our relationships. Now... At the end of the service, we're going to uh, have a vow of purity. Now, usually when we do altar calls, we have people stand up and come forward. But because I anticipate many of you are going to stand up, we're not going to have you come forward uh, immediately. You can at the end. But I want you to prepare your heart because I'm going to challenge all of you to, to take a vow of purity. What does that mean? That you're going to conduct your relationship God's way, not your way. Not the radio's way, not MTV's way, not what politically correct way, but God's way. Whether you're married or single, I'm married, I've been married 33 years to my wife and she's here. We still have to conduct our relationship God's way. We can't do whatever we want. That's why a lot of marriages don't make it. You can't do whatever you want. You got to do it God's way. And if you're single, you're going to learn some, some uh, principles as well. So we're gonna, we have a lot of content. I'm going to try to get through this efficiently but not quit too quickly. If you look in your notes, if you look in your notes, I want you to write down the first thing. We're going to compare a virtuous woman to a godly man. A virtuous woman 
to a godly man, and it's going to be a story about a, a woman named Ruth. All the ladies with a very high voice, say Ruth. Very good. And all the fellows with a deep voice, whether you have one or not, say Bo. Bo. Very good. So we're going to talk about a woman named Ruth and a, uh, a man named Bo. And in this story, one of the things, fellas, you're going to learn is how, and, and please give me a response to this, guys and girls. If you like what I'm getting ready to say, cheer. If you don't like what I'm getting ready to say, um, boo. Okay, boo me. Okay, I, I, I like the feedback. Okay. So it, what, what we're going to t- 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 teach the guys is how to get the woman of your dreams to bow at your feet. Come on, I mean, are y'all awake or what? Come on, give me some emotion. <laughs> Fellas, we're going to teach you how to get the woman of your dreams to bow at your feet. Yeah. Ladies, can, can I get some booed in here or something? Yeah. Thank you, thank you. You know there's got to be more to it than that, and there is. Believe me, you'll love the whole point. And, and, and ladies, I'm going to get you to get the man of your dreams to do everything you ever wanted for, for you. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Okay. Now, if you're tripping that I'm talking about how to get women about your feet, just relax, relax. You'll find out in a few minutes what that really all about. It's going to be something you're going to love. Okay. Uh, in this story, Ruth, her husband has died, and she's in Moab with her mother-in-law, and they're going to return to Jerusalem to live, and she's going to leave her homeland, and they have lost their land, and her husband died, so now they're somewhat poor, and she is going to meet a guy named Boaz, and they are going to get to know each other and go to the process where they are eventually will get married and have kids. We're not going to go that far, but that's what's going to happen. So they're going to, we're going to learn some principles about relationships, and in this, in these, in this story, you're going to learn things about how you can begin, this is the dress, the top of the dress, you can begin your relationship or implement. Some of y'all have been married, been married 33 years. You're going to learn something that you can uh, implement in your marriage today because today is the first day of the rest of your relationship. So today's a new beginning. Yeah. Amen? Okay, look at, uh, number one of your notes, just write this down. Virtuous women have their priorities in order. Ladies, you have your priorities in order. doesn't mean guys will have, to have their priorities in order. It just happens to be that that point is for the story about the girl. The point in the passage. So let's read chapter 2, verse 1. It says, there was a relative of Naomi's husband. Ruth, chapter 2, verse 1. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. All the fellas say Bo. Oh. Ooh, yeah, I like that. I like that. So Ruth, all the ladies say Ruth. <clears throat> The Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I might find favor. And she said, go, my daughter. To glean meant you walked after the people who were reaping or harvesting whatever they were harvesting. In this case, it's grain. And whatever they harvest, if it fell on the ground, they would have to leave it there by Jewish law for the poor people. So if I pulled the apple off a tree to put in my bag and another apple fell on the ground, I would have to leave that there so the poor people can come by and get that. So it was God's way of taking care of the poor. So she says, let me go glean after and find a field where I can go and get stuff off the ground. Verse 3, she left and went to and gleaned in the field after the reapers, the, the, the farmers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. All the fellows say, Bo. Verse 4, now Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they said, the Lord be with you. He's the boss. And Boaz said to his servants who were in charge, yo, who's that young thing over there? With a dress. (laughs) 
And the servant who was in charge said, it's the young woman, the Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, and, and, and the woman, Ruth, said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. And she has came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little while in the house. In other words, that's the young lady who came back with Naomi. She left her homeland and was faithful to her mother-in-law. Even though her husband is dead, even though her mother-in-law's husband is dead, and even though she knows her mother-in-law is not going to have a son for her, she is still faithful to her mother-in-law. And she came and has been working all day, though she rested a little while. She's handling her business. Here's my first point for you ladies. A virtuous woman handles her business. What does that mean? The Bible says that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has called you to do and prepared you to do. Ladies, you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has prepared for you to do no matter what guy is in your life. God sees you as an individual woman that he created in his image and he has a plan for your life despite whatever guy's in your life. And too often without your identity coming from Christ, and this applies to guys too, by the way, without your identity coming from Christ and your purpose coming from God, your husband is not to give you your purpose. A man is not to give you your purpose. A man should support your purpose. That God has given you. We're talking about relationship goals that if you're in any relationship, that your goal needs to be fulfilled. God's purpose in your relationship. And so you need to know what God has called you to do. Jeremiah 1.5, he says, before I formed you in the womb, Jeremiah, I knew you and called you to be a prophet to the nations. Before you ladies and guys, but before you ladies were in the womb, God already knew you and had a purpose for you. And you don't want some guy telling you that you're something that God didn't call you to be. So you have to know what did God gift me to do? What did God call me to do? And that supersedes anything any person can impose on your life. If you don't have that straight, you will be, you will change for every guy you meet to be what he wants. You have to know what God has called you. When I was at the, 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 uh, prayer vigil for Monique the other day at the apartment building, I was talking to people after the prayer vigil and this, these two teenagers came to me. They were, um, they were together, so I asked them, were they dating? And they kind of got, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I never got a really clear answer. <laughs> but they were so cute. And I saw them and I was like, I just started hugging them. I asked them how old they were. I, I can't remember, it was 15, 16, something like that. And, I, and, I, and, and, and they said, you know, whatever they said. And, and I looked at the guy and said, are you treating this young lady like a woman of God? And I said, I'm only joking, but he the spirit I'm going to say. God's going to get you if you don't. You have to treat her. Are you want to be a, do you want to be a man of God? You need to treat her like a man of God. And I looked at her. I said, this guy and your relationship with this guy and how you let him treat you is preparing you for how you're going to let your husband treat you. And if you let this guy treat you bad, you're going to let your husband treat you bad. You make sure he treats you like a, a, a woman of God and a queen. You understand me? And she's like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> And, 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 and it was so good they were receiving it. But here's the thing. That's exactly what, what, if that girl dates three or four guys, which we all date several people before we get married in, in, in general, and all those guys treat you bad, that's going to be your husband. Yeah. But if you say, no, no, I know that I am a daughter of the king. 
I know I'm a woman of God. I know I'm a priest of God. And God has a plan for my life. And I'm going to live that plan. I'm going to find a guy in my life who's going who's to invest and pour into that plan. That's the guy. There's no other option for you. Are you following what I'm saying? Can I get amen, ladies? Number two in the notes. Number two. Godly men place a woman's need before their own wants. Ooh. Godly men place a woman's needs before their own wants. Verse 8. I see the ladies writing. They ain't write the first one. They wrote the second one. <laughs> yeah, let me get a man that's going to take my needs first. Come on now. Verse 8. Boaz said to Ruth. Now, this is after he saw her, after he asked about her to his guys. First thing he did is he did a background check. Ladies, please, please do background checks. Don't meet some guy and then say, oh, here's my number, come over. Well, you don't even know if that dude is a serial whatever. Just as a quick side note, I've been married 33 years, but I went with my wife, you know, we danced all night at a party. I'm sure a lot of y'all heard the story many times, but it's so appropriate right at this point in the, in the message. We danced, 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 hey, hey, for, you know, for like two hours in this party. And then, and then, and then I asked her to slow dance, and she said no. And she did not slow dance with me. I'm trying to get a hug, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm just telling you how it was. Then I say, can I get your number? And she said, no. And then what she didn't say out loud, but she was saying in the head, I don't know you. <laughs> Never gave me a number. So how did we, how did we make it? She, she, and I asked her, how am I going to find you? She said, you'll figure it out. <laughs> if it's meant to be, it'll happen. It'll happen. I stalked her through the... Through the, through the <laughs> Through the administrative information in the college, I found out her class, and I'm not, I'm not advocating stalking at all, because I really didn't stalk her. I just went up to her, you know, and said, here I am. So it wasn't like a stalk situation. However, but it says, Boaz said, you will listen. After he finds out who she is, he, you will listen. Do not go glean in any other field, nor go from here, verse 8, and stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them, verse 9. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the water over there and drink. So here she is. She's in this field. She knows no one. She's kind of just begging, getting the food off the ground. She's, I would imagine, a little nervous. She doesn't know anybody. She, she's out in the field. She's kind of getting what she can get. And the boss doesn't come and say, yo, girl, what's your name? Why don't you come over to my house? I'm the boss. He says, I know who you are. I know what you've done for your mother-in-law. I know what happened with your husband. So check this out. See the water over there? Have as much water as you want. See those ladies over there? They work for me? They're good. You just stay by them. You'll be safe. See those guys over there? They won't bother you, so you don't have to worry about that. I'm taking care of everything for you. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, Ladies, imagine if you had a guy in your life that would take care of your needs before you even ask. Fellas, I'm going to tell you some, I'm going to tell you some of the, I don't, I hate to use the word sexy in church, but I have to say it. Some of the, some of the most attractive stuff you can do is do the dishes. Can I get amen, ladies? 
I, I tweeted out once that I, I, I tweeted out once that I did the dishes. Literally, this true happened. True, I, I did the dishes, and someone said, "You don't do dishes, brother." <laughs> Vacuum. <laughs> Fellas, women do not think the way we think. You think you're gonna come out in little shorts and no shirt, and that's gonna do it? Nah, that ain't gonna do it. <laughs> Especially after that body, you need to go do some dishes. Okay. <laughs> but look what it says. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Look what it says. It says, she, after, after he took care of her needs before she asked. After he thought of her before she asked. After he anticipated what she would need. Before she asked, he took care of it. And how did she respond? Verse 10, she fell on her face and bowed to the ground and said, why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? Why would you do that to me? Fellas, you want your woman to respect you? Respect her first. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 says that wives, you need to submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. And men always throw that into women's face. Submit, submit. And that the Bible does say that. However, the verse before it, it says submit one to another. And the verses after it says that the husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He died. So ladies, you submit and your husband die. <laughs> Can I get a hey? <laughs> And what does that mean? Is that Christ laid his life down for me first when I did not deserve it and to a degree that I could never reciprocate back or do it back for him. And then I say, thank you. That's what happened. And look what it says in the next verse. I'll just read this. It says, um, Boaz answered and said, it has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people you do not know. May the Lord repay you and a full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. He said, he says, well, uh, Ruth, I did a background check. I know all about you. Ladies, if a guy did a background check on you, what would he find out? We'll get a little bit more. We'll get to that in a little later because there's another part of this story. Number three in your notes. Virtuous women do not take shortcuts. All the virtuous ladies in the house say, hey. Hmm, 20. <laughs> I think a lot of y'all are still thinking about it. I get it. We've still got a few minutes. I'm going to make that decision here in a minute. Chapter three, verse, chapter 3, verse 1. Naomi, when she went home and told her mother-in-law what happened, that she met this guy named Boaz, it says, Naomi, her mother-in-law said, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you that it may be well with you? In other words, you need a relative to marry you so you can get your land back. And so Boaz, whose young women you were with, verse 2, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. In other words, they're going to harvest all this grain, and they're going to take it up to a hill, and, they're gonna, and then they harvest it. It's a, it's a, it's a, they throw it up into the air, and the wind blows away the chaff, and the kernels fall down to a pile so they separate the wheat from the chaff. It's a harvesting farming process. So he says tonight he's going to be up on, t- on top of the hill and they're going to work all night and then they're going to lay down. So here's what you do. 
Verse 3, wash yourself, anoint yourself, put on your best clothes, that must be a long dress, and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. In other words, take a shower, put on some smell good, and and, and put on your best clothes. And then it says, it shall be when he lies down. Verse 4, it shall be when he lies down. Notice the place where he lies down. Go uncover his feet. Everyone say feet. Lie down and he will tell you what you should do. Hey, come on, come on, Naomi. This is a Bible story. What you talking about? And she said, all that you say, I will do. There was a process. Laying at his feet was an act of submission, a customary act of submission that I am submitting myself to you. It was an act of submission and I'm submitting myself to you for a relationship, not necessarily any intimacy at that time. Ladies, trust God's process. Be a virtuous woman, be a godly woman. You will attract what you are. Let me say it this way. Knuckleheads attract knuckleheads. Godly women attract godly men. Now, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. You could be a godly woman and some knuckleheads come after you. But after a few seconds of the Holy Ghost flowing out of your life and b- blowing him up, he won't come back. Unless he thinks he can break you. There was a woman in my high school, a woman. There was a young girl in my high school when I was in high school. And I was attracted to her. I don't remember her name because I don't think I ever spoke to her because there was something about her intimidating me from her. I think she was a believer. And I was like, and I was not. So that was the issue. And I, looking back, I wonder, and I'm just guessing at this, but I, I feel like the Holy Spirit was saying, uh, you stay away. Because you have no clue what agenda she has in her life. I'm not saying knuckleheads won't come to you if you're a virtuous woman, but let me tell you something. It won't be many, and they will be repelled if you stick to what God has called you to be. But if you're shaking and baking and at the club every night, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just got to say it. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 say I don't have a lot of time, so I just want to get to the point. <laughs> Number four, godly men consistently exercise self-control. Luke says in verse eight, it happened at midnight, the, the guy wakes up. And she's laying at his feet. It happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself. And there was a woman lying at his feet. And he said, what? (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. There was a show a long time ago, probably 50 years ago, called Love American Style. How many of y'all remember that? Okay. Those are the people who are the old people right there. And I don't remember anything about the shows. All I remember is in the preview, they had all these different scenes to kind of set the show up. And there was a little boy. He was about my age at the time. So he was like seven or eight or nine. And he was praying next to his bed. And a woman falls out of the sky right onto his bed. And he he just like, that's all I remember about the show. (laughs) I I really don't remember. Nothing happened. It was just kind of like, and I don't even remember what the show was about. But here he is. He wakes up and there's a woman on his feet. And he understands the custom. He understands what's going on. And she's not saying, I want to sleep with you. She's saying relationship. And it says, 
He says, who are you? She says, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Under your wing. Eve came from underneath Adam's wing. Right here, his rib. When you put your arm around your woman, and I'm not talking about choke holding her. (laughs) You are walking side by side. Man, God did not make woman from the foot, so the man didn't think he could walk on it. He didn't make woman from the head, so the woman didn't think she was smarter than the man, even though sometimes you are. Ain't no problem with that. He said, no, you're going to be side by side. There was a little kid who learned Adam and Eve's story in, in, in Bible class. He was like five years old. About a month later, he was on the floor rolling around, holding his side, moaning and groaning. And the teacher said, you got a stomachache? You want me to call the doctor? He says, no, I think I'm having a wife. <laughs> Verse 10, <laughs> blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness in the end than at the beginning in that you did not go after young men, whether rich or poor. Uh, Ruth, blessed are you because you didn't go hooching around to whoever you can find. You did it proper. Ladies, trust God. You know what Adam was doing when he got Eve? Sleeping. You know why he was sleeping? Because God put him to sleep. And God brought him a woman. I'm not going to say she was, I'm, forget the fact that she was naked. That's a whole other story. But, but she was. I'm not saying God's going to bring you a naked woman, but he's going to bring you a, pu- <laughs> but he will bring you a woman. And by the way, naked in that context was that she was emotionally, spiritually, physically exposed, probably covered in light. So it wasn't nakedness that we know. It was a different level of nakedness. God will bring you a woman who is, has, who is nakedly transparent. That means, Lord, I'm going to do my thing and I'll trust you. I don't need you. To, I don't need to help you. I just need to obey you and let you handle it. God brought my wife an amazing dude. <laughs> when she wasn't looking for one. Matter of fact, she came to the party not wanting to come. And then... Can we have fun this morning? Okay, if you're new and, you, and you're first time, I'm just, I'm just a fun-loving guy, really. I'm just saying God brought my wife, my God, God brought me an amazing woman. Okay, amen? Amen. But look what it says. It says, now my daughter, verse 11, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request. All the ladies in the house say, hey. But here's why. Because everybody knows you are a virtuous woman. Ladies, if we did a background check on you, what does everybody know? There was a, when I started, first got saved, started a Bible study at my house with these teenagers. We had nine nationalities in my house. In Rancho Penasquillas, we had Filipino, we had Japanese, Chinese, Mexican, black, white, Puerto Rican, and then combinations of all of that. And a, there was this one girl in, in the house. This was back in the day when, hair, when they used to move the hair out like a big water fountain, and it had 50 million colors, and it was a different style. And this girl, his girl named Diane, had a different spirit about her. She just had a pure spirit about her. And I started asking the kids, the guys in the Bible study, tell me about Diane. And they said, oh, she's a good girl. I said, what do you mean? She don't do this, 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 boom, 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 boom. They all knew. It was very clear. What would people say about you? 
You should even ask. Because that's, it doesn't matter who you want to be, it's who, you, who, who people perceive you to be. Because who, who people perceive you to be is what you're putting out. You just happen to have a blind spot about the difference between what you're putting out and what you think you are. And what you're putting out is we're going to be very similar to what you attract. So it may be a good exercise for you to find out about you. And ask some people, maybe to ask people to ask other people on your behalf, how am I perceived? Are you perceived as someone who just goes to church, but after a few glasses of wine, you'll do anything? Oh, yeah, she goes to church, but she'll be at the club Friday, and she'll just be like everybody else. I, I don't know. That's the question you have to ask. But the bigger question is, what do you, how do you want to be perceived? Because all you need is one faithful person. That's it. And he's out there. He's out there. You prepare yourself first. And then it says in verse 12, it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay the night in the morning. It shall be that if he will perform the duty, good. But if he does not want to perform the duty, then I will perform it. Verse 14, she laid his feet until morning and and she arose before anyone could recognize her. And he said, do not let it be known that the woman came here tonight. The guy continues to protect her reputation. And by the way, the verses after this, as she leaves, not only does he tell everybody, don't tell anybody she was here, he gives her more food. He says, take this home. He continues to bless her and bless her before he gets anything. It's not about what he's getting, it's about what he's given. Number four, a godly man consistently exercised self-control. It wasn't about what he wanted. She laid at his feet all night. He didn't take advantage of her. And then number five in your notes, godly men in the end handle their business. Godly men in the end handle their business. Ladies, you have to decide, do you want a boy or do you want a man? Some of you are dating 20, 30-year-old boys. They're old in age, but they're not handling their business. They're not interested in who God's called you to be. They're not equipped to be able to invest in who God's called you to be. And ladies and guys, some of you are dating 20, 30-year-old little girls, little brats who want what they want, but they don't want what God wants for their life. It goes both ways equally. All you have to be responsible for is you. Because everything you want in your life, you want God to bring you. You don't want to manipulate it into your life. Because if you manipulate it into your life, you're going to have to manipulate it to stay in your life. And, and, and verse 18, the last one, the last verse, it says, Ruth's mother-in-law said, sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man, not the boy, the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter to this day. Why? Because if he's a man, he'll take care of his business. Maybe not perfectly, but he's going to take care of his business. In a minute, we're going to pray, and here's the prayer. As I said in the beginning, in all the campuses, uh, my challenge to all of you is to say, I want to be a virtuous woman, I want to be a godly man, and if you're married, that you're going to have a discussion. And here's my challenge to you, to have a discussion about how can I serve you better? Just answer that question. Everything else will take care of itself. How can I serve you better? How can I be a, a more godly man? How can I be a more virtuous woman? If you're not married, same thing. There's somebody in your life who, who you're either dating or know that can help you answer that question. This is why it's so important to be in, in groups and go to life class, to have people in your life who can invest in your life. 
But in a minute, we're going to pray, and, you're going to, and my challenge during this prayer is to say, I want to be a godly man or a virtuous woman, and whether you're in a relationship or not, that your responsibility in any relationship is going to be according to the will of God, that you're going to fulfill God's relationship goal in that relationship, and you're going to fulfill your role in it. Now, usually when we have altar call, we have people, uh, we have people pray, stand up, and come forward. We're not going to do that today because I would imagine two things. One, there'd be too many. And two, that there are many of y'all won't stand up because you don't want to come forward. But I want you to take the vow. So here's what we're going to do different. We're just going to have you stand up. Because I want to see all of y'all make a vow publicly. Yes, I want to be a virtuous woman. Let me tell you, if there's one, the easiest way for the devil to destroy your life is in something that he tells you will have be fun, which is a relationship. The most destructive thing in people's lives are bad relationships. A lot of people are addicted, but not everybody uses drugs. A lot of people are alcoholic, but not everybody drinks. But everybody's in a relationship to some degree. Even if it's with your buddy, it doesn't matter. We all crave relationships because God created us to be in relationship. The devil's job is to get us to conduct them in a way opposite of what God says. So my challenge to you is to say, I need to start over. I want to be a virtuous woman, a godly man. And from this day forward, for some of you who are dating, you're going to realize, you know what? We're not meant for each other. Because God has called me to go this way and you want me to go that way. As long as that exists, it's not going to work. As long as this exists. Now, this can change. But what God has called you to be is more important than anything in your life. Because if God has called you to be a mouth and you're trying to be an ear, you're never going to be fulfilled. If God has called you to be a hand and you're trying to be a foot, it's never going to work. That's why it's important to go to life class to find out how God designed you so you can live that way. God designed me, one of which, to be a mouth. This is what I'm called to do. If I try to do something else, I can't do it as effectively as this. I'd be in sin if I knew that. So you need to know what you're called to be. Don't try to fit your agenda into God's plan. Say, God, what is your plan? And so I want you all, bow your heads and close your eyes on all the campuses. I want you to listen very carefully. I want you to prepare your legs and your abs Sit back in your seat because I anticipate most, if not all of you, are going to stand up because I know all of you want to be virtuous women and godly men and you want to have a blessed relationship. And again, I'm just going to ask you to stand up and then I'm going to pray for you and then I'm going to have you sit back down and we'll have people come forward for prayer later on in the service. Lord, thank you for all these people. Holy Spirit, I pray you stir people's hearts right now. I pray you... I pray that you've opened their eyes and you continue to open their eyes of something that they can change and how they conduct themselves, how they view themselves, and how they conduct their relationships and how they honor the person with, with whom they have a relationship. If you're saying in your heart, I want to be like Boaz, I want to be like Ruth. I want to fulfill my relationship goal that God has for my life. I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I understand you have goals for my relationship. I want to fulfill my role in my relationship. 
I want to be a virtuous woman, a godly man. So I surrender my relationship to you. I surrender my sexuality to you. I surrender my habits to you. Purify my mind, my heart. I want to be pure. Give me wisdom. How to be a godly man, a virtuous woman. 